in the engineer's talk today, DevOps and tester Vasilis Rizopoulos. Welcome to the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast, episode 23. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast. I am Georg Lora, and this is the podcast about realizing and managing your projects within the embedded systems realm. I tell you the know-how and teach you the ways to succeed and overcome your daily obstacles and problems in project work. You remember episode 20, where I mentioned the embedded testing conference in Munich. One of the presentations was about applying DevOps principles to software hardware integration tests. Vasilis Rizopoulos explained details about DevOps, web tooling, automated testing, and the mandatory environment. Listening to his presentation totally thrilled me. I was excited and we have had an extraordinary talk after his contribution. Some days later, I asked him for an interview. I'm sure that Vasily's ideas and thoughts will be helpful for a lot of engineers out there. Especially engineers who wanted to try something new who might need some trigger to change their way or thinking and habits. Vasilis works as an engineer at Sülke in Germany since 2001. He has tons of experience and knowledge. According his own statement on his company blog, he has helped build software for devices as small as a cookie to as large as a 60-ton locomotive. Moreover, he was co-organizer of the European Ruby Conference in Athens in 2013. We are discussing in our interview DevOps principles, Vasily's will to automatize everything, the infrastructure you need for day-by-day development, and of course, the mother of all questions in our business, what are the differences between software test and software developer? I have had the opportunity to chat with Vasilis in, as he was staying in his home in Thessaloniki about two weeks ago, and I'm really happy to present you this outstanding person. Stay tuned. And be inspired. Vasilis, introduce yourself with two to three sentences. Who are you and what are you doing? Well, my name is Vasilis Rizopoulos. Uh, I am a software engineer by trade. I studied to be an electrical engineer, but very soon changed my, followed my calling, so to speak. Uh, I've been working for almost 15 years now. Uh, with uh, embedded uh, teams, uh, helping to build uh, software for embedded systems. I like to say as small as an Oreo cookie and as big as 60-ton uh, <laughs> sanding logs. Um, um, I love what I do, and I also love talking about what I do very much. That sounds good. I've joined your presentation at the Embedded Testing Conference in Munich something like three weeks ago. And you were referring about a topic which was really interesting for me. It was applying DevOps principles to software hardware integration test. First of all, what essentially are DevOps? That's a very good question. Uh, it... Um... If somebody looks on the net for a definition of DevOps, uh, uh, they're not going to find a single sentence definition. Uh, DevOps is alternatively uh, defined as a mindset or a set of principles and methods. Um, I've distilled it down 
from my own uh, personal understanding down to four uh, four principles. Uh, one is uh, holistic system thinking, which means that we need to um, talk about a system as a whole and not just uh, uh, the software that runs, for example, in embedded systems on the on the hardware. Um, the second principle is uh, no silos. Uh, no silos refers to the fact that we should uh, have teams that uh, are not segregated from each other. Operations should not be segregated from development. Uh, testing should not be uh, segregated from development. The team needs to work, and that refers back to the previous principle, holistically, we need to work together to deal with the system as a whole. Third principle, short and fast feedback loops. That uh, ties very well with agile development practices. Uh, it it uh, means that we, when we develop, test, and deploy the system, we need to do it in uh, short increments, and we need to get very fast the feedback of success or failure back to the the team, so that uh, these uh, these cycles of development happen really fast. Uh, so that that also ties well to the con with the concept of uh, fail early, fail hard, uh, and uh, incremental development uh, that is uh, a staple of agile methodology. Now, the fourth principle is missing from those uh, slides from that presentation three weeks ago, uh, mostly because the presentation was focused for embedded development. Uh, and I find that the fourth principle is uh, general and it's not just uh, a DevOps characteristic. And uh, that is uh, the willingness to continuously learn and improve uh, one's knowledge and uh, technical expertise, uh, whether in one project or generally as a developer. So life, lifelong learning. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but if I hear that and I hear these four principles, let's say that way, this is not something completely new. It's only this kind of um, combination and that's now named as DevOps or are all persons following these four principles Dev are DevOps? Um, it's, it's a very interesting point. Um, I'm actually happy that there exists this marketing concept that uh, we call DevOps because essentially it becomes a, a focal point for referring to uh, the practice that I have been following for most of my career as a software developer. Um, one needs to say that the whole DevOps movement um, also came to be uh, out of... Um, the the need for very fast and very um, and very scalable uh, handling of uh, many instances of servers, uh, and uh, uh, it was a pain point for many operations teams. So uh, when somebody looks at uh, most of the what we call DevOps uh, tooling and uh, methodologies, methodologies they pertain to uh, how one 
uh, manages systems, how, how, how one does operations, uh, and server systems, mostly. Um, my point of view is that uh, most agile development teams have been uh, following these uh, DevOps principles for a long time now. Uh, it's just that uh, they have proven themselves and the the field is getting wider and wider and uh, attracting more disciplines in it. But this, this is the missing link for me. So because I, I observe this kind of skills or of habits, especially in in the environment of agile or scrum usage and things like that. Very good. How are these DevOps principles, if I come back to the embedded testing conference especially, how are these DevOps principles and testing connected? And what makes this combination more powerful? What we didn't talk about is that there, uh, apart from the main four principles, which, like I said, uh, it's a distillation uh, of uh, all the literature that uh, uh, I have uh, looked at uh, actually researching how to do this uh, presentation, uh, there, are, uh, there are a few other points uh, which are concepts and methodologies that um, uh, derive from those principles or follow those principles. And uh, we talk about uh, infrastructure as code, uh, automating everything, and uh, that is my favorite point of uh, dealing with uh, the infrastructure. And when I say infrastructure, I talk about, uh, again, going back to the principle principle of holistic system thinking, uh, infrastructure for me is the day-to-day -day development environment, which we call development infrastructure, the, uh, test, the, 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 the project infrastructure, which is everything that is used to support a team uh, in the olden days uh, there was this um, this whole section of software that had to do with uh, collaboration the terminology uh, uh, the, the term used back then escapes me but um, it, it, it when we talk about ticketing systems backtracking uh, CI servers continuous integration servers All that is project infrastructure. Okay. So it supports the communication between members of the team and the stakeholders of the project. And then, uh, obviously, we have testing and production infrastructure, which is where ultimately the, the, the product we're building will run on. And, um, and, the, uh, and all, all of these... Uh, different types of infrastructure need to be consistent and need to be able to communicate the state and the state of the project back to the team in a uh, uh, fast feedback loop. Um, so having these uh, having these concepts in place uh, has severe um, Uh, repercussions in how one structures uh, a, a project from the beginning. I don't like separating uh, testing and testing uh, uh, the, the, the testing the, the testing discipline from all of these um, 
software developers and testers actually use the same tools uh, and obviously we we put a lot of value into automating uh, the every task uh, in in the development cycle from building the system to testing the system now the, this this focus on automation has um, has a lot of um, um, side effects, especially for embedded systems. Mm -hmm. For example? Uh, for example, uh, well, in order to be able to automate, in, in embedded, we usually deal with hardware. We usually, we always deal with hardware. And uh, so in order to test our system, we need to bring the software onto the system. Um, in many traditional, in quotes, uh, development uh, processes, uh, getting the, the, the firmware on, a, on an embedded target would involve an, an IDE, an integrated development environment, and some manual process where one attaches a DJ tagger and uh, uses the, the environment to bring the the the, so, the firmware on the target using a debugger. Uh, if if we want to follow these concepts, though, we need to from the very beginning start start with uh, the, with the problem of bringing the the firmware on the system in an automatic way. I see. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the first problems we solve is how do we uh, reliably flash update and upgrade the firmware on a target. So that we can integrate hardware with our continuous integration loop. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's, I see. That's one of the one of the points. Uh, also, um, having uh, I mean, the concept of infrastructure as code also states that we need to to treat our infrastructure. And when I say infrastructure back to those three previous points, our development project and production uh, solution infrastructure, as we like to call it. Uh, uh, we need to treat it as code. Treating infrastructure as code means that installation scripts uh, are exactly like, expressed like scripts, like code, in a text format that we can uh, version control and uh, we can call from the command line has very uh, uh, a great many uh, I'm sorry now I'm missing the word <laughs> no advantages <problem>. yeah okay <laughs> um, has a great many advantages treating infrastructure as code not 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 least of all is the uh, the ability to be able to answer questions as when has something changed when has a version changed who changed it uh, and obviously, the ability to uh, recreate your infrastructure from scratch with just the, the use of uh, a repository. So the same treatment for the test environment or for the environment at all, which is given for the regular code. That's one of the essential points here to do that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I see. I see. Yeah, that's very interesting. But by the way... Uh, is it really like, are there many, many companies out there, do you assume that, who are not treating the environment as code? I only know it like that. So maybe this is, I have a, a wrong 
a wrong perspective or a wrong view here. Let's say there is there is a there is a bit of a dichotomy in the in the technology world. We have the so-called new technology companies, uh, companies gonna name drop uh, like uh, Google, Netflix, Etsy, uh, Amazon, uh, that have essentially established these uh, these processes, and uh, there are a lot of ideas and a lot of tools coming out. Uh, uh, of these, but these are also companies that um, are active in in the web, in the web space. These are web technologies. Traditional uh, industry, uh, and these are the uh, mostly the clients that I get to work with. Uh, uh, companies that build uh, embedded systems from. Uh, from automotive uh, controllers uh, to transportation systems to medical appliances um, are not there yet. Ah, okay. Let's just let's just state it like that. Okay. Um, there is uh, the 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 time to market idea and uh, the the pressure that comes out of uh, getting a new product fast uh, to the market also uh, drives these types of uh, these uh, solutions. Uh, it, we have a lot less time nowadays to deal with manually installing several instances of uh, test servers. Uh, not to mention the fact that time that gets wasted by the unavoidable mistakes that we do repeating the same checklist by hand time and time again maybe that's a good point here too i have found in your twitter account there is you describe yourself as testing hardliner maybe that matches now perfectly what does it mean what do you mean with testing hardliner i um, have so-called red lines um, um there are when it comes to testing Uh, I place a lot of uh, value in automating things. I have crystallized this, um, um, these ideas uh, lately. Um, uh, it used to be very, very absolute position. Um, uh, but uh, nowadays, I find that um, one needs to remove the, the repetitive uh, tasks uh, that, uh, that make it easy for, for errors of oversight to come into uh, a project. And the, the only way I personally have found to, to guarantee this is uh, to automate most of the processes. So whenever we have to repeat uh, Well, a rule of thumb is if you have to do it three times, automatically. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, it's a bit of an of an exaggeration, of course, but um, I uh, I tend to uh, to drive hard the automation aspect of testing uh, every project I'm a part of. If the classic software developer is confronted with your approach, how? How could these two persons, the DevOps tester in your manner, so the, the testing hardliner and the software developer, how could you distinguish the one from the other? 
What's the difference? That's a trick question because you, what is a classic software developer nowadays? I mean, we, we have people, we have web developers, which are software developers and deal mostly in JavaScript and, uh, and Ruby and, uh, and, and, uh, such technologies. Uh, we have, uh, uh, network engineers, we have virtualization experts, we have firmware developers that deal with uh, write code in C and C++. I don't think there is such a thing as a classic developer. There used to be, and it was the the the, the person that uh, gets a task and works in isolation until it's ready and then uh, uh, surfaces and everybody scrambles to integrate whatever lump of code lands in the in the version control um i don't think these people uh, exist anymore in modern software development modern software development is a team sport there is no place for uh, for the lone wolf developer anymore i think mostly because the complexity of the problems that we solve uh, has increased exponentially and so has the complexity of the software that we build. Um, now, having having said that, my my next uh, statement would be that um, following the principles that fall under the term DevOps is an essential skill for uh, for any uh, good software developer mm. nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, learn how uh, learn a script language to uh, easily automate the tasks for the environment you uh, you work in. Uh, use that language consistently across all the environments uh, in your project. Uh, have an idea of how the system ties together. Be able to run tests. Uh, uh, figure out what what goes wrong. Uh, the 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 perennial problem of the bug report, like the those awful bug reports where we go, it doesn't work. Yeah, but why doesn't it work? Any good software developer should be able to follow the problem down to the the last ten or fifteen lines of the logs, and give you a, a nice hint of how to fix it. So there is effectively there is no real. Uh, there is a difference still because they might have different roles, uh, but effectively from from the mindset, that's what I've understood. There is not that much difference. Um, there is one distinct difference between developer and tester, for me in uh, in my mind, because um, writing software, uh, so writing production code is uh, a constructive uh, task. You think on how to solve the problem, and you think on certain uh, use case paths, uh, and you don't actually think on how to break the system. Okay. So it's a constructive way of thinking when you develop it. When you're testing, you are figuring out ways on how to destroy the system. It's a destructive, a deconstructive way to think about uh, software. And... Um, there are people who excel at uh, this have these characteristics of thinking deconstructively about the system and figuring out 
all the things that never occurred when you were solving the problem that could go wrong. And this is a great quality for a tester. And the opposite is uh, the, the opposite quality is for the developer. For, but as far as DevOps, uh, the principles and concepts go, I think they, they are uh, valid across the board. Okay, I see. Very interesting here. As you just mentioned here, the the way to destruct, to have a destructive approach for, um, or that's the preferred way or the preferred habit if you are a tester. Um, if if you think about what are typical critical situations in testing embedded systems and how do you preferably tackle them? Embedded systems. Also a very broad uh, uh, term nowadays. Eh? The embedded systems are mobile phones all the way down to uh, controllers in, in, in cars that control a single uh, aspect of an engine. In, in my experience, it's uh, the hardest aspects of an embedded system is its uh, timing behavior. And... Uh, that you cannot recreate uh, or simulate on desktop systems. When we are talking about uh, handling signals in, in a scale of nanoseconds or at the most milliseconds, these, uh, these are the hardest problems. Uh, testing drivers, uh, so it becomes a necessity to test on the hardware, on your target. And that falls back to, uh, uh, in, in order to be able to do this uh, uh, in, in accordance with agile methodologies, it requires you to do it continuously, which the only solution, because uh, engineer time is very valuable, is to let the computer do it so you automate everything. They tie very nicely together these things. Yeah, as you just mentioned, so it's especially this timing timing behavior. So one of my, um, let's say, my, what my my suggestions to newcomers also in the software developing area where I more belong to, is to test on the bare metal. Go to the bare metal as often as possible to see what your system, what your software is really behaving, how, how it is how it is running. Because running simulators might be fine at the very beginning, but Sooner or later, you must come to the real stuff. Exactly. Vasilis, what are, from your perspective, the most important three skills a good and successful tester or and yeah, DevOps needs? What are the three important skills here? This is something that I it, it immediately put a light in my head. Uh, like I said uh, before, I do not differentiate between uh, uh, a developer and a tester. Uh, there, there is no separate DevOps uh, role or person. It's it's a, a way of thinking. It's a movement. It's it's mentality. Uh, um, the, the and this mentality requires you to be curious about the the, the system that you are working have uh, as much as possible um, uh, a spherical view of how everything fits together and when everything... This, this, this starts from where we put documentation, reading through the documentation in a, in a repository, figuring out how to run 
all the tests, not just the unit tests for the code you write, if you're a developer, or the the uh, hard software hardware integration tests that you write using complex software uh, with uh, signal adaptation uh, as a tester. It is not possible, due to the complexity of the systems that we build, to know, to have the expertise in every aspect. Uh, be, following the DevOps uh, mentality and the DevOps way of doing things does not require you to become an expert in everything. It does require us, though, to be able to, uh, to, to have an idea of what happens in every discipline. Uh, that means, uh, that means me as a developer, I'm not going to sit and, uh, uh, and, uh, develop and, and develop the, the signal adaptation and, and wire up the target and, uh, control the, the, the auto, the automation tooling that allows us to, to check if, I don't know, 50 pulses come on IOPO. 30 or something like that. But I need to be able to know that when I change something in the firmware, I will run that suite of tests and I need to be able to read the logs that come out of those tests so that I can identify what the issue is. Uh, this, the, the same, so that is the DevOps way. Now, as a tester, Characteristic number one is this ability to deconstruct the system and figure out whatever, uh, find out what other people didn't think about. Um, major uh, tool in this uh, uh, in this endeavor is exploratory testing, and this is the one the, the one aspect of testing that we do not automate. Because we, and this is the part of testing that requires uh, a person, requires an engineer, and requires a good tester with exactly this characteristic to be able to deconstruct, so that he can look around in the system and figure out ways that it can break. Second, the second characteristic is also the fourth principle in DevOps: is the the willingness to learn, learn, learn. Look at new things. Figure out new ideas. Uh, look at other uh, disciplines and other uh, areas of software development, and bring in ideas from there. For example, uh, getting these the, these uh, ideas of DevOps into the embedded world, which is uh, by which is by the by the the nature of what it builds, because we deal with hardware and hardware. Production cycles are a lot longer than software, and they also require a lot more infrastructure. Manufacturing cycles are accounted in months, not days. Uh, and all, so that that area of development is also a bit more conservative. It's not as fast in adopting new methodologies and new tools, and yeah, especially in safety critical systems. We place a lot of value in knowing exactly uh, what the how the system is built, and that also includes exactly what versions, exactly how many uh, issues they have, open issues, bugs, uh, and and but still 
looking outside, looking in the fast-paced uh, development world of uh, web development, uh, gives you a lot of ideas that can be applied very effectively in, in the embedded testing world. So willingness is the, the second characteristic. And the third characteristic is, well, a moderate amount of laziness, I would say. <laughs> okay. The allergy against doing things per hand over and over and over and over again. This is the this gives you the impetus to actually learn a, a scripting language and start automating tasks. That's really great. <laughs> a moderate amount of laziness. So that's really great. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. That that's good. Okay, and I think this is also a good a good endpoint for our chat here because uh, we jump back into our personal moderate amount of laziness and <laughs> have that through. Okay. Thanks a lot, Vasilis, for You're the very chat. Welcome. Yeah, so it was a great pleasure for me to have you. And uh, yeah, see us next time. Thank you. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it very much. So far, the interview with Vasilis Rizopoulos. I'm sorry for the sometimes not that good audio quality. And Vasilis, thank you again for the interview and your engagement. And to our audience, I wanted to encourage you to raise your questions to Vasilis. Please write and comment on the show notes at embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 23. The show notes also contain links to Vasilis' personal and company blog, his GitHub repository and his Twitter account. Please take the opportunity and dive deeply into these resources provided by Vasilis. Very interesting topic, very thrilling and amazing stories are waiting for you feel free to contact and connect with Vasilis. It's your opportunity to achieve more information about DevOps and testing principles. Do not hesitate to share this episode to all of your colleagues, buddies, and also your followers. You can click on the like and share buttons, as you know, as regularly, and forward this story to your preferred channel. I would be very happy if you would do that. This kind of forward announcing is the gasoline that drives me on. Thanks a lot already now. Now I've given you some of the know-how and some of the ways to gracefully handle your embedded systems projects. It's time for you to take these details into your daily work for achieving your passion and finding success, of course. I'm Georg Lohrer from the Mastering Embedded Systems Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>